0: My Good day, everyone. Welcome to Cupcake Media and our brand new episode. I'm your host, Master Shake. I'm flying solo today because our boy Techie is not available. Hopefully, he has a date and he's not buying more bottles of lube and Vaseline because I'm making money off of all those simps paying those girls. Money for their OnlyFans So remember men You don't do that shit Before we dive into today's episode Please remember to click subscribe Give us a thumbs up And uh, you can follow us on YouTube If you want to listen to this on your way in the car Which we would love as well You can follow us on a host of podcasting sites Such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts Anchor, Google, you name it We should be on it And if you don't know uh, you can look for us on TikTok and on Instagram. I believe on Instagram, our handle is Cupcake Media One. For some reason, there's another Cupcake Media out there. We don't know, or it could be because of the way that was the way our email was designed, unfortunately. And uh, just follow us on everywhere because we want to trick that algorithm. But more importantly, we want to stop feeding you cupcakes and giving you some of that beautiful. Iranian kebab, or some wagyu, whatever your preference is. Something healthier than cupcakes. So in today's episode, we're going to dive into... We're going to dive into... They got to stop blaming everything on climate change. Because it's kind of bullshit, to be honest. It's like every forest fire that happens, they want to blame on climate change. And while we do believe in global warming and a little nerd fact, the term climate change was invented by... Then Vice President Dick Cheney under the Bush regime, and he invented the word climate change because when he did a like group study project, they found out that global warming scared the shit out of people. So he said, let's just call it climate change. Now, in today's scientific world, this is what happens. So you should just know this because it's part of our nerd fact of Education Street. Because we we are part of Education Street, and we're gonna give this to you in Cupcake Media. So part of your Education Street is global warming refers to. <clears throat> excuse me, there. Global warming refers to the upward global, the upward average global temperature of planet Earth raising every year since the year two thousand, specifically. Every year in 2000, and every preceding year, sorry, every year in 2000, every preceding year, meaning like 2001, 2002, 2003 and so on has been hotter than every preceding year. So that's global warming It's basically it's global warming because the average temperature of Earth keeps getting hotter. Climate change is the you can say side effect of global warming where our climate changes where, for example, storms become stronger and droughts become more droughtier, if that's even a word. But we want to dive into, like, California, you know, and, um, like, Washington State and Oregon and how, you know, these cupcake-ran, like, you know, these cupcake-ran institutions of a pseudo democracy want to blame their forest fires on climate change. Well, I hate to be the one to throw the fucking cupcake across the room and make it land on someone's face and she go, boom! Eat that shit, right? Like, I'm, I'm sorry to burst everyone's little cupcake mind and their fragile ego, but those forest fires have nothing to do with climate change. They have absolutely nothing to do with climate change. You know why? They say that so that the taxpayer doesn't go and actually throw our uh, our so-called elected cupcake officials and throw them in the middle of the fire so that when we elect, you know, new leaders, they learn and go, oh, my God, we better do our shit and we better do our job. Otherwise, what's going to happen is we're going to, they're going to throw us in the fire. So we will, we will represent the people cause, because, you know, taxation without representation is tyranny, right? So, um. It's so bewildering to me that they that they get away with this, and and the same way that people think the Earth is flat, and that there's microchips and vaccines. We're not saying we're pro or anti-vaccine. We're just saying some facts. People who think there's microchips and vaccines because so they can track us have lost their have lost their marbles, with all due respect. So regarding these forest fires, you see they they got to stop blaming it on climate change. What it really comes down to is accountability by governors. And leaders of state parks and elected officials, you know, in not doing their fucking job. The reason why there are forest fires, there has nothing to do with the temperatures going up, okay? Saudi Arabia is hot, like hotter than anywhere in America. I don't see any forest fires there. I don't see any buildings catching on fire. Nine out of ten times when there's a forest fire or a fire of, of severe magnitude in the United States... It's typically because some jackass decided to go and launch a massive gender reveal party with their fireworks, or we have some sick-minded people, and I don't know why this only exists in America, but they decide to start arson. So when you go to the, you know, into the Pacific Northwest, Washington State, Oregon, California, California is more like Southwest as well. Um, let's just say the entire Western Seaboard of the U.S. There's no accountability. The reason why there are forest fires and they're making such a big deal about it is because no one has cut down any of the old decaying trees that have been littered and, you know, littered with, for example, uh, bark beetles and, and other types of infestation, which has killed these trees. And we have lots of them. And it's been neglected, not like for one year, it's talking about like a decade. Easily they've been neglected for like a decade. So there's no accountability you see when you let the forest prosper and get very big right and then you have huge swaths and areas and acreages of of trees that need to get cut down right and you have areas where trees are infected and if you don't remove those infected trees the once they go and that ignition happens and it just becomes out of control that's the fault of the state and the elected officials it has nothing to do with climate change. Now I want to give a little fun fact. Cause i I'm not young, like a little baby millennial. Okay. Cause there's no Gen Z yet. I mean, they're like the size of my niece. They're seven years old. Okay. But in reality, there's like Gen Y, Gen Y, like 2.0 and Gen Y 3.0. Okay. There's no Gen Z, not in our books, not yet. Um, So when we look back, you know, in history, for example, they talk about, oh, my God, California was so hot. And I'm going, dude, like, I have photos of it being like, I don't know, like, 2011 in April 22nd, and it was 122 degrees outside on my car dash. I have it. I have it. We've this for us living in LA. This summer has actually been a cool summer. I mean, yes, it's hot. It's hit like ninety degrees. But growing up, like we we all talk about how summer days here. Like once it hit June twenty fifth, I mean, it was like a hundred degrees every day for ninety days straight, and it wouldn't let up at night. I mean, it was amazing, right? You're just constantly like in a pool of water, and they talk about like Washington State. I've had cousins in Washington State. They're like going, dude, like it's not like. Yes, it got hot, but this this does happen naturally. It gets hot up there. It's fucking summer. That's what happens. And they're like, "Oh my god, it's so hot, blah blah blah." Well, well, no, dude. It's they're making such a big deal about it, right? But it gets hot. Like I've had friends, like my cousins live in Washington state. They they they've told me, they they tell me all the time like this is such BS from the news. Right? If you don't like Donald Trump, we, we hate to give the guy credit about fake news, but he's got some validity to it. And they're lying even about the damn weather. And they've told me, like, dude, like, we, we've been up here our whole lives. Like, it, it hits 120, like, in the summers. It can get that hot. It's, it doesn't happen every summer, but we have very hot summers, you know? Um, and they want to blame these forest fires on climate change. And, I, and I'm sorry, but that's bullshit. So let's just break down some things. First we wouldn't have an issue of these forest fires if the local governments did their jobs and cut down the trees. Now, the counter-arguments, people go, oh, this is federally owned land, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? We still got to cut them down, right? Who gives a shit who they're owned by? If you care about your state, you will go and cut down those trees and you'll send a bill to the federal government saying, hey, you didn't do your fucking job, so we're going to withhold taxes till you pay us the bill for cutting down these trees. That's the way it's always worked and that's the way it should work. Or you got to ring up somebody in, I don't know, like parks management, I'm assuming, at the federal government and say, hey, you guys got to come cut down your trees. And they might go, look, we can't do that because we got to worry about China invading us. So how about you cut down the trees and send us the bill and we'll give you some tax credits to your state, blah, blah, blah. So no one's cut down trees for like 20 years in Washington, Oregon, California. The other issue is, for example, this was very prevalent in California, and this is like back in 2003, we were doing studies as undergrads about how home builders wanted to build homes in high-risk fire zones. Now, what a high-risk fire zone entails is that you have a major fire season, like, let's say, every two to five years. For example, there are parts of Los Angeles, such as northern LA, like towards Malibu and Topanga, Um where you get a major fire vet every 20 years. Now, the thing that they don't teach cupcakes in school is, you know, we have seasonal elements in our weather, okay? So a lot of places, like let's say you're Alaska, you get rain and snow, okay? Now, most of the earth gets rain and snow as part of their seasonal elements to help nourish and provide nutrients to the soil and the surrounding areas and and the local forestry and, and inhabitants. But there are some special places on the planet where they get rain, snow, and fire. Yes. So, for example, many of the seeds of certain trees, like certain pine trees in California, rely on forest fires because the temperature of that fire gets so hot that what, ends up, what ends up happening is that the pine, right? The, the pine cone from a pine tree will explode. And that explosion causes the seeds to just disperse all around like, its perimeter. Hence how you get new pine trees. That is literally the only way you create new pine trees. So fire is part of our seasonal weather system, much like rain and snow. So we need it. Now going back to this issue about the homes being built so you had homes that were being built or being proposed to be built in high risk fire areas meaning we know from historical charts that fires would happen here every two to five years so paradise was one of those areas and yet insurance companies fighting to say hey we we do not want homes to be built here for many reasons because What's going to happen is, is that our user base and the state are going to have to pay for astronomically more expensive insurance rates so that certain people can live in a high-risk fire zone well do you think anyone listened to them no the state allowed this to happen you would think in the people's democratic republic of korea sorry excuse me i mean california right where they have so much regulation that someone would say you know what this is going to be such a pain in the ass because we're constantly going to lose homes People might die, and then people are going to claim insurance, whether through the state or through the insurance companies. And at one point, is is this a sufficient business model for the insurance company? Right, like the average house in California is about eight hundred some thousand dollars from north to south. Okay, so just do the math. If they lose ten homes, it's an eight million well, it's an eight million dollar payout in terms of the cost of the house, right? But you're talking about four hundred dollars a square foot to build a house, right? Well let's just let's just go let's just go the Zillow listing, right? Let's just say it's eight hundred G's, right? So eight million dollars right there. That's just for ten homes. That doesn't even include like your personal property damage that you might have, right? So at what point does this become economically viable, right? Where are those fucking regulations when you need them? This state is so heavily regulated they can't even give a blowjob on a Tuesday afternoon anymore. I mean, it's it, it's terrible, you know, and, and that goes for the women too who want to get eaten out. They, they they cannot get eaten out on a Tuesday afternoon anymore. I mean, it, it's it's they made it fucking illegal. That's how bad regulation is here. Okay, so because who does want to have sixty nine Tuesdays? I mean, dude, that 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 sounds like a great fucking Tuesday. I'm just being honest, and and it's and you can't do it because there's just too much regulation, right? So for state that can regulate so much. The things that are so important, they just turn a blind eye to it because they know it benefits them while we all get fucked up the ass with no lube. And it's very, very painful. You know, it's just very painful. So, so that's one of the big problems we in California. And even in Washington state and Oregon, you have a lot of homes that are built in high risk fire areas and they should never be built. For example, when we compare our southern neighbors, Mexico, they had areas where there were homes built in high-risk fire zones, okay? And after, I don't know how many fires had occurred, but I think it was in the mid-90s, I could be wrong. Any of our listeners from Mexico, please correct me if you are part of the like, geology department, because you will know this. Um, they basically came in and told everyone they have to move out. And I think they gave everyone some money so they can go buy new homes. So because they knew that this natural fire season occurs in northern Mexico where all these homes were, and they didn't want any homes there. Okay. And you have to remember, Mexico and California at one point, there were one state. Okay. Not that like Mexico belonged to the United States, but it was one landmass. Okay. So when we talk about these fire seasons, Unfortunately, fire doesn't recognize borders. Okay, neither does neither does weather, right? It's just we're part of a region, okay? So the kicker to this is that in San Diego County, which is not too far from the border. They allowed people to build homes. So when this fire season comes San Diego County loses about 2 billion has about $2 billion in losses every time fire season hits. And guess what? Mexico has zero. The trees burn plants burn but guess what it gets revegetated properly because then seeds explode and you get new growth after the first rainfall it's it's pretty amazing okay so to recap this whole let's blame these forest fires on climate change it comes down to accountability of our elected officials who have not done shit for the last 20 years these fires have nothing nothing to do with climate change they have to do with bad forest management they have to do with zero responsibility and zero accountability by our, by our uh, so-called democratically elected officials who do nothing for us. The reality is, is if in a state like California, which regulates you so far up the ass that if they actually cared about where regulation needs to be, we would not have these issues. We wouldn't have such, you know, extremely exuberant prices for home insurance because, they wouldn't allow people to build homes in high-risk fire zones. And I bet you on top of that, a lot of those people didn't know that they were buying homes in high-risk fire zones. Imagine all the life and property damage that would have been saved, you know, and all the emotional pain that would have been saved. So all these things play into why fire seasons are so cat- uh, catastrophic on the West Coast. When we look at Sweden, Germany, Austria, Right. These are areas that, you know, the Scandinavian countries as well, such as Norway and Denmark, they they all have high risk fire areas, but they ensure that they don't have a heavily populated area living there. They burn and cut down their trees, which pose a threat to their environment. We have to do that. So you can't sit there and complain that the fire season is the worst season you've ever had when you haven't done your job for the last twenty years. Of course it's going to be the worst season you've ever had because you haven't, you haven't done your job. Imagine if in like, imagine if the homeless guy in front of your building in, in downtown LA takes a shit and you and no one cleans it up, and then he just takes keeping a sh- you know taking a shit after shit after shit. Before you know it, his shit is so high, it's like. It's equal in length to the Ritz Carlton building in downtown Los Angeles. And then people go, oh, my God, this is the worst pile of shit we've ever had to clean. That is the analogy here. When you let shit pile up, it becomes a lot of shit that you got to just clean up and take care of here. You know, I hope you see the humor in that. So that's the issue that we've had out here. So don't believe that these fires are 100% related to climate change because They're not issues in other places where people do forest management properly at all. At the end of the day, no one's doing their job and they're allowing for bad decisions to go into place with zero accountability. If we cut down the trees and we don't allow people to build in high risk fire zones, we would just marvel at the beauty of the fire and the new vegetation that would follow. Now let's move on to sending out before our time is up. The water crisis in california you know coming back this, this is related to our zero accountability topic of of elected officials they want to blame the water crisis on climate change that's just bullshit you know why because it comes back down to our democr- our democratically elected leaders not doing anything I don't know what they teach in cupcake universities in California and in schools, but you see, we know California has droughts. The last major drought, well, let me, let me just go back. The, the one of the biggest droughts we ever had was in the seventies. So most of us were not born. We don't remember. Okay. The state took proactive measures to combat the drought back then. There were a lot of uh, des- desalinization plants that they had made at the time, because that's all they could think of. right? There's one in Santa Barbara, north of Los Angeles. Like, it's like maybe an hour and a half, two hour drive. Santa Barbara's, you know, about that distance from L.A. It's about one half, two hour drive from, from Los Angeles. It's been shut down for the last 50 years, essentially, okay, or 40 years. And we had a, a very strong period of consistent rain in California. Now... There's a couple things to take into account as to why we have a water shortage. It's not related to climate change at all. This this this, I'm gonna break it down scientifically. it, it is all coming down to very bad politics and elected officials not doing their fucking job, and once again, not regulating things that need to be regulated, but then they want to get rid of hashtag sixty nine Tuesdays. Okay. First, let's start with this. The population in California since the year 2000 has exploded. We have 40 million people in the state. In the 70s, it was probably half that, okay? We have more people than we ever have. We've built more homes horizontally versus building vertically so that we can have a more compact, dense, uh, dense population, which would actually be much better for the environment. And in terms of water management, it would be much better because now... Instead of having all these homes with all these yards and all this unnecessary things that, that, that water gets wasted on, you're having people live in centralized areas and you can retain and control your water better. Okay? So that's the first mistake. We built wrong. The second mistake is we've had, we know we can t- look at uh, the tree rings of, of trees in California. And we're lucky that we have certain trees like redwoods, which go back, hundreds if not like a thousand years and we're able to look at the soil and things like this and and one professor that we spoke with um told us that what they're able to discover is that california sometimes goes through a mega drought it's just humans haven't been long enough to like really record it and experience it where for like a thousand years essentially we go through a drought so we know we have this period of wet and dry now, we've been pretty dry for the last two decades. Our our rain, I could say from 2002 and on, excuse me there, our rain season from 2002 and on was very weak. And from 2010 to 2016, I didn't wear any fucking pants for like six years. It was so hot, I called it the uni season. It was just 82 to 95 degrees every single day. I wore shorts all the time. I apologize. But it was fun. And it was kind of miserable when like, it's like December 24th and it's 97 degrees. You just wanted to like... I don't know, bash your head against a block of ice so you could feel what it was like to be have cold air at the right time of the season. And, you know, there, there were moments in California in the 90s when we had dry seasons. And yeah, the winter was ridiculously hot. So we know that historically we have these periods of wet and dry but we've done nothing about it we've had 20 years really get our act together and we've done nothing about it the last reservoir that california built was in 1979 i believe so you're telling me that in the 42 years in one of those heavily taxed states in the world because our taxes are more than like germany combined okay and germany gets a lot of great shit we get nothing We got no high-speed rail. We have no fucking autobahn. We have roads so bad that that the kids in Somalia laugh at us because they go, "Dude, we didn't have a centralized government. We have warlords that literally run our country." And we have better roads than you guys. So shame on California, that this is that we're still living like in the nineteen seventies with all of our thinking and policies. But they've had forty what's that forty two years to build a reservoir and they haven't done it. And then, you know the. You start asking questions. You go, How is it that Saudi Arabia, which gets like no rainfall, does not have a water issue. And they built a city known as Riyadh, which is their capital, I believe, in the middle of the Arabian desert. And it is a flourishing capital. How did they do that? Oh, I know how. You can't really see it behind me. But there's an ocean back there. They pump ocean water into their cities. The Israelis do it too. Singapore, which is surrounded by water, actually uses desalinization as part of their water relief program. So we haven't built a reservoir in 42 years. What are the fucking people doing in this state? You know, it's, it's easy for them and like people like Emperor Nusant, aka Emperor Governor Newsom. To blame it on climate change because he knows the cupcake kids are gonna be like, oh yeah, oh my god, he's so right. No, no you jackasses. He's absolutely wrong. He's absolutely wrong. We, we know scientifically that we go through, through periods of mega droughts that can last a thousand years. We know through El Nino and La Nina that we have a wet and a dry season that's very consistent. We'll have years of El Nino followed by potentially sometimes one year of La Nina to years of a La Nina in the winter, which means we get no rainfall. Okay. California should be at the forefront of water technology, and we're not. We're living in the 60s in terms of how we think about our water management. Why is it they allowed so many almond farmers, almond farmers, excuse me there, how did they allow these guys to grow almonds in the state of California? There are more almond farmers, I think, in Bakersfield, which is where most of our farms are. And I heard some crazy stat that that area of California produces like around sixty percent of the world's food. It's insane. But they allowed almond farmers to prosper. Now the thing that you guys don't understand about almonds are that almonds require eighteen hundred percent more water to grow one fucking like almond than it does to have like a bushel of you know like your strawberries and lettuce and tomatoes. So it's not a very water-conscious choice. They should have put a quote as to how many almond farmers there are, especially in a state that has so many droughts, and especially in a state that is heavily reliant on water because our population is out of control. Like, we have to think of things like, hey, maybe we can't allow any more people to move into the state at all. We just can't. We have to put those restrictions. Yeah, it sucks, but it's the reality. So how is it a state that is so heavily regulated and they want to tell your eight-year-old kid what to think and what not to think when it comes to, you know, certain things. But they don't give a shit about the environment, right? They they outlawed fucking plastic straws which do nothing to save the ocean. But then they allowed almond farmers to just grow and prosper. These things make no sense. So to recap here, right, our water problem is not caused by climate change. It is 100% caused by bad, poli- by bad politicians and poorly elected officials who have no fucking ideas to what they're doing. Let's recap here. We allow almond farmers to prosper. We don't need almond farms in California. Why? Because you, you need 1,800% more water to grow a, f- a little almond nut, whatever it is, okay, compared to just growing the things that really matter, like, let's say, an orange tree. Or tomatoes and lettuce and grapes. Okay, so it's a it's a water sucking item that we don't need. We haven't built our last our last re- reservoirs built in 1979. We need to build some more reservoirs. Now there are we have reservoirs, and this is an engineering problem worldwide. They have lost their capacity to hold their water. They can only hold like 50 to 60 percent of their water from the time that they were originally built. So we need to come up with a plan, which is, do we go and build a new reservoir and and get rid of those old reservoirs, or do we go and fix them and do both right? but it needs to get addressed maybe we have to maybe we have to think of building a vertical reservoir, like a bunch of small ones instead of this giant thing that we lay out in the middle of the you know the land, and maybe if we build them vertically we we don't lose so much water because of evaporation and things like that. We get to actually store them, and we don't have to worry about you know about the water being contaminated, for example, right but these are things we got to consider. The other thing we have to consider is, for example, in Los Angeles, all the rain that gets collected does not go into a water plant they the water gets sent to the ocean. So we're sending fresh rainwater into the ocean. We're the only place in the world that does this. So we have to find a way where we can collect 90% of our rainwater and preserve it. I think we can learn from Singapore and we have to really maximize water technology if we want to prosper. We have to first, okay, so going back to the first thing, we we have to collect all of our rainwater. Any shape, way, and form, you got to do it. Okay. We have to build a reservoir. We have to dam. we have to build, we have to uh, maintain our our damaged reservoirs because we need to collect every ounce of water. So if our old reservoirs can only hold 50% of the original value, we need to fix that shit right now. It is the state's responsibility to do that. I don't care. They can't raise taxes. We pay enough. You fuckers got to do your job, man. You're like the broke little crybaby you know, millennial kid going, oh, I want to raise because I've been working here for three weeks. No, dude, go suck a donkey's dick. Put in the time. Put in the effort. Show why you're amazing. Be like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, dude. Put in the fucking time and do something amazing and you will get rewarded. Okay, no one's going to hand you free shit on a plate to you. So let's take care of our things that we need to do. Third thing we should do, and Orange County has done a, a magnificent job about this, but like cities like Los Angeles and the whole state of California should really really do this like they shouldn't even think about it they should just be like we got to do this from north to south we have to build reverse osmosis plants we have to recycle as much water as we can if i had to put a number to i'd say recycle 80% of your water all the water even the poopy water that goes down the toilet okay Because what do you think reverse osmosis is? It's literally sewer water that they clean for you and you drink it. And that's like what Dasani, Aquafina, 90% of the water that you buy at your supermarket is reverse osmosis. So we should make reverse osmosis plants so that we can recycle and reuse our water so that in times of drought, we are preserving our fresh water for areas that need it, such as the farms, because you probably want fresh water for your farm so we get better food, okay? And like, let's just say, let's just say, you have fresh water and reverse osmosis, right? So maybe you go, okay, what we're going to do is for the general population, we're going to distribute 80% of recycled water to all the homes and we'll have a 20% inflow to the homes. And for the farms, what we're going to do is we're going to give them 40% fresh water and like 60% recycled water. We should do that because now what we're doing is we are treating our water like an actual commodity that needs to be revered and respected because guess what? Without water, we all die, okay? Third thing that we should do is California should be building desalinization plants in the areas that need it. Maybe not the whole state needs it, but I would have a few in Northern California. I would have maybe a couple in the Central Valley, where Bakersfield and the farming lands are, and I would have one, and, I, and I'd have a few in Los Angeles, Orange County, and San Diego, because these are three, some of the most heavily populated areas in the country. And now what you do is, so you have desalinization, you have reverse osmosis for recycling water, and you have fresh water. So with desalinization and recycled water, we can actually now preserve more fresh water. So with these three options, in a drought, like let's say right now, this is what we do. We go, guess what? We are going to save 90% of our fresh water. So only 10%, 10% gets released. We are now going to release 40% desalinized water into all the homes and farmland, and 60% of it will be recycled water. Less stress on the ocean, less stress on the plants, and no stress on fresh water. And we keep it. And then if it becomes El Nino, like the following year, then what we do is we lower our amount of desalinization, we, we continue maximizing the reverse osmosis for recycled water, and then we can use more fresh water. Ideally, we want to preserve as much fresh water as possible. So if it gets down to like, let's say we, get, we only have 60% of fresh water left in the rainy season, then we stop using fresh water so it can rebuild itself up to a proper level. Now, the last piece of thing I'm going to say, and I can't believe no one fucking has thought about this. I'm going to take all the credit for it. Here, Master Shake is going to lay out an ingenious idea because I have a couple of friends in Texas, Texas, and we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. While we're in the West Coast having drought, in Texas, they are having record rainfall, okay? And in the East Coast and other parts of the country, they always have like record rainfall or they have a lot of rainfall, okay? And it creates flooding, So I have a question. We have these amazing pipelines for oil. Why can't we create pipelines following the oil pipelines? Why can't we create, you know, following the same pipeline trajectory for oil that connects us east to west coast? Why don't we create water pipelines? We have to think about this. Because now what happens is this. We know that the East Coast is always going to get rain and snow. And they get so much of that shit that they dump the snow into the ocean. It's time to rethink our national water strategy. strategy, Because this this actually should fall in terms of of national defense and our sovereignty. The military should really, really take notice of this. Because this is going to be important for our survival as a country. And for our strategic groundwork to be able to survive in the future against any type of enemies that we have, we, we need to follow our oil pipelines and just literally adjacent to it, make a water pipeline. So for example, when it's raining in Texas, like it was a few weeks ago, they would have the proper plants in place to collect their excess water. And then we can transport that water via the pipeline to states like California so that we can replenish ourselves. Let's say Boston gets, you know, a ton of snow and they don't know what to do with it. They put that snow in a water treatment facility. Okay. They open their pipeline and then, and then for example, if Texas needs the water, they get it. Or if we need it more than Texas, we buy it, we get it. And if we have excess, then we give it back to Texas. We have to basically make this spider web of water of areas that we know definitely need it. So when we think about this, places like Texas, Arizona, California, Oregon, and Washington are prone to droughts. Now, Texas is lucky because they actually get a lot more rainfall than California. But the East Coast is very consistent. Consistently, like they don't have to worry about drought at all. So we should do this. We should make a water pipeline network in the whole country. And if you wonder where the water should go, well, it's easy. We we would have recycling, we'd have our reverse osmosis plants, and we'd have our reservoirs. So our water would go into there to fill up our tap. And this isn't something the taxpayer should pay for. This is something that should be included in our already extremely overpriced budget, and certain people need to get fired so that we make room for it. We have way too many officials in California who are getting overpaid and doing nothing. But I hope the military listens to this, because in terms of national defense, this is a key strategic component for our sovereignty and our survival. And if we do that, we will never, ever have to worry about a drought. And let's just say we get to the point where climate change really kicks, kicks us in the ass in the West Coast, and we have a national water program, then you never know. Maybe the West Coast would be supplying water to other states because we're recycling. We have desalinization. We're collecting every ounce of, of, of rainwater. It it would work out for all of us. It would. So on that happy note, everyone, you know, don't think that everything is due to climate change, much like how right now the hip thing is when you don't like somebody, you call them a, a racist, which is all bullshit. That's just a very cupcake way of of, of ending your argument. No, you know, not every problem is related to climate change 100 of it is all related to bad management and bad politics we hope you enjoyed that episode we hope tech Hill will join us on our next one have a lovely day and have a wonderful week and we'll see you guys soon take care everyone